Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's pray. That's awesome. Lord, you are our cornerstone. And um, we thank you. Lord, we, um, we come before you today, and if we were real honest... All over this place, there are some people that are coming today very, very broken. Um, some people are struggling with jobs. <laughs> some people are struggling with mortality. Um, got people right now going, Lord, with Alvin, going to see his sister, maybe for the last time. And um, Lord, we believe you can do all things. We believe you can heal. And we pray for that healing, but Lord, we know that there is an end to some of it. And so we just pray for wisdom on that. Lord, there's other people coming here today, and I know that they're coming with all kinds of things that they need your help with. And today, God, I just pray that as we look at a new year that's already, this is the second, second Sunday of it, <laughs> we know that some of it already seems treacherous. So I pray today, God, just um, help us with that. Maybe there's people here that have joy, and I pray we don't bring them down with that, but I do pray for the ones that, Lord, they're coming here today going, is there any hope possible? Maybe they just, it took everything they could to walk through these doors here today. I pray that today, Lord, is the day that you speak to them and say, I'm with you. I'll help you. I will be your cornerstone (laughs) that you can build your whole life off of. And I pray today, God, as we open up your word, Lord, speak to us, show us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Welcome to New Branch Community Church. We're glad you're here today, and um, we do take just a moment to welcome you guys joining us online, which actually we're not because Alvin's not here and we don't have a broadcast, so anyway, <laughs> just a habit of saying that, so tell everybody, hey, thanks, they can watch it later. So anyway, we're glad you're here today, and uh, we welcome you, and um, we are talking about New Year's. We're wrapping up, so I'll explain what this is all about in just a second. Hopefully it fits. This is not mine, so... Um, Anyway, uh, so, <laughs> so happy new year, second Sunday of the new year, and we are wrapping up a series called New Year's Plans, and we have been in this series for the last three weeks, but today we're going to talk about something very essential, and so I just want to review real quick where we've been. So if we can put up the verse on the screen, you can turn with me to Philippians chapter 3, and, um, and we're going to get into this very quickly today because we've got a lot to cover today, so sit back, relax. Don't relax. We're getting ready to go, so, and I'll tell you why we're not relaxing today in just a minute. So here we go. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Um, if you want to skip down, you can follow along me in your notes or in your Bibles, um, but, but here's kind of where we've been covering, and we said, hey, if there was a passage of Scripture to cover this new year, if you want to have success this new year, if you want this year to be the best year you've ever had, the Apostle Paul explains how to do that. Verse, if you can come down to verse 13, and we'll start where it's underlined, because um, we've been covering this passage over the last few weeks. It says this, but one thing I do, you see that part? But one thing I do, when somebody says that, you know what that means? Pay attention, because they're about to tell you something very important. That's what the Apostle Paul's saying. He's saying, hey guys, all this stuff I'm talking about, I want to know Christ, I want to know the power of his resurrection, I want to do all these things, I want to press towards my goal. If you want to know how that's accomplished, he's about to say it. And he says, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I'll need the next one. (laughs) I press, there you go. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Um, So there's the thing. So, So three things, in fact, we'll put them up on the screen for you. Three things in order to have a happy new year. Three things in order to ha- not just have a happy new year, but to have a successful life. One is this, is that we have to forget the past. We have to forget the past. I mean, we talked about this, the first message in this series, and we said, hey, this is kind of like a three-legged stool, that, that all three of these things the Apostle Paul is going to talk about, you've got to have each one of them, and one of them is forgetting the past. If you don't forget the past, if you're always focused on the rearview mirror, you know what happens? 
you, you'll wreck, right? You'll wreck about what's coming ahead. It's not the tree behind you that's going to get you, right? <laughs> it's the one ahead of you. And so you got to learn how to forget the past. Yet, we have to put the past in proper perspective because if we don't learn from it, we're never going to have the future that God intends for us, right? So there's all kinds of things we got to do with that, and we talked about that in the first message. Number two, we got to focus on the future. See what it says? Straining towards what's ahead. We're going to talk about the straining part today, but, but the other part is, is the future. And last Sunday, we came back and said, you know what? You know what a lot of Christians need to do? They need to dream again. You know why we're not happy? Because we don't have a dream. We have no idea where God is calling us, and no wonder we're so disillusioned, because we are disillusioned. We have no dream. We have no hope. And so we're going, you've got to be properly motivated. And we talked last week about how do you dream God's dreams? What kind of things can you do? And we talked about several things you could do to do that. If you missed those, um, we do have them posted on our, our uh, YouTube site, newbranch.tv, or on our website. You can listen to it or pick up a CD on the way out. The whole series is available. And, um, and so we want you to get those first two because without those two, I've got to tell you, what we're going to talk about today won't work. Okay? If you don't do all three of these, it's like a, you know, sitting on a, a three-legged stool with missing a leg. How does that work out for you? <laughs> Not well, right? Try it. Get a three-legged stool, cut it off, and see what happens. Get a three-legged stool and cut one leg a little shorter than the rest and see what happens, right? It doesn't work. You've got to have it in balance. If you want a balanced life that you can sit on and that it's going to go well, you've got to have all three things. You've got to forget the past, focus on the future, and then today we're going to talk about this, pressing on. How do you press on? And i got to tell you, one of the most unpopular things is this one right here. And I have a feeling one of the problems with what we're talking about here with pressing on is guilt. That's what we think of when we think of pressing on, right? That the motivator here is got to buckle down. You ever heard that? When it comes to the New Year, it's like all the fun is in the past. Now, who wants to sign up for that? Anybody? Anybody's like, I'll sign up for that for a week. And then it's like, how many people have said, I started my exercise routine. That wasn't fun. I'm done with it, right? So how do we have a plan to press on? Because I think most of us understand, you know, I'd like to forget the past. I'd like to focus on that future. I have a dream. Most of us have dreams that don't become realities. And we keep saying, I'll get to that. But the reason what holds us back is, is we understand that it's going to take something. And it has to do with pressing on, okay? But he says this three times, so I really believe it's important. So I want to I pull up the verses just so you can see, and you can go back and underline them. But this is how many times that he mentions it in the verse. So if you can pull up the verse. There you go. Philippians 3, verse 12, if you can skip over. In fact, I want you to underline these because this is the part of it that we're going to be focusing on today. It says, what, I press on to take hold of what Christ Jesus has taken hold of me. He's saying, if you want to do it, you know what you have to do? You're going to have to press to get to where God is calling you to go, that it's fine to have these big dreams, it's fine to want to say you want to know Christ, but if you want to get there, you know what it's going to take? you got to press. It's going to take some effort. He doesn't say it once. He says it in verse 13. He says what? Straining towards what is ahead. You want to underline that? Straining towards what is ahead. That's, that's, that's a really difficult word. Verse 14, I press on towards the goal. Um, so he has a goal, but he understands that it's going to take effort. It's going to take planning. It's going to take um, action, quite honestly. That, that the best plan in the world doesn't work without taking action, is what he's saying. He's going, you, you can't know Christ until you're willing to take action. And today we want to unfold that a little bit like we're going on a journey, because that's really what you're going on. And we want to talk a little bit about a plan to press on because i got a feeling for some people, this is the part that you go, I'm always struggling with this because willpower only takes me so far. You agree with that? That, that, that willpower will break down eventually and then it feels like you're demoralized and then you're worse off sometimes than when you start. You ever started a diet plan, you tried it for a while, you lost a little weight and then gained more back than when you started? Anybody ever had that happen? <laughs> is that demoralizing? And you're finally like, never want to do that again. You know what I mean? And some of us are right there today, and we're going, how do I press on? And the Apostle Paul is saying it's important, and we know it's important, but all we do is feel guilt, and we're going, I don't know how to do this. And today I want to give a practical plan, I believe, that's found from God's Word to help us with pressing on, because we understand from Him that it's essential. That, that nothing happens, that, that you can have the best future that you're thinking about and dreaming somewhere over the rainbow kind of stuff, but will never happen without this element. So I want to talk about that today. Before we get into the actual plan, though, I want to talk about some prerequisites to the plan, okay? 
So if we can put up that screen, I, I'll give you just an illustration. That's why I'm wearing this today. I asked Frenchie to borrow his backpack today because mine, if you saw it, you, you'd probably laugh at me. I have a World War II backpack. <laughs> so when we went hiking, one of the things you find is the gear that you have makes your break. This thing is so comfortable. I got to tell you that right now. Mine is not. I mean, it is made from World War II. I mean, it's huge, but it's not, it, it's really heavy and it's stuff. And, um, and I've been doing some exercise, and so I walked around the neighborhood with it the other day, and they thought I was like a homeless person or something. You know what I mean? It was really sad, but, um, you know, just do that one time and see how people treat you. It's very interesting how people treat you in, in your own neighborhood. But anyway, <laughs> I learned some things. But um, so anyway, I borrowed Frenchies today because he's got a great backpack. But here's one of the things I learned about hiking when I went with him. We went on the Appalachian Trail, and we learned some things. But I learned that there's a couple of things that you go, hey, there's all this gear, and some people carry more gear, some people carry less gear, but there are some gear that's essential. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like when you look at Maslow's hierarchy or you look at different things like that, you'll find that there are some things that you have to have, you know, like air. Does that make sense? Now, some things you don't think about because you always have them, right? But if you didn't have air, how fast would you have to, that's the only thing you'd be thinking about, right? There's a few other things that are like that. And so I want to kind of unpack the backpack just for a minute, and I'm not going to pull everything out because th that would be a nightmare because you have no idea how much is in here. But, um, <laughs> but, but, but they take in consideration because they understand you can't carry all the load. And, and when the Apostle Paul talks about this, he talks about all kinds of things that go into your, your pack, okay? And, and he even says, you throw off, in, you know, in Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 12, it talks about you throw off the weights that so easily entangle you. It reminds me of hiking. And I think hiking is a great illustration of life because it's a lot like that. You can't carry everything with you. You can try. But if you start carrying everything, can I tell you, the first couple times we went, I had metal pans. I had all this stuff. And all the hikers were like, are you insane? I mean, you're carrying 100 pounds on your back. You're not going to make it, you know. And they're scaling back and scaling back. And when you see the people that are really hiking the trail, they hardly have nothing. You don't know why? Because they've learned. They don't need all that stuff. But they know there's certain things that they have to have. And the problem is, if you don't prioritize the most important things, can I tell you what happens? Because there's a lot of people hiking the Appalachian Trail. As you get into higher countries and you get into climbing Mount Everest or whatever it is, it's deadly. It's deadly on the Appalachian Trail. They find people dead all the time. You want to know why? Because they haven't prioritized the right thing sometimes. All right. Anybody know what the most important thing that you need when you're hiking is? There you go. In fact, I got a water bottle in here somewhere. He's got a bladder, but I decided not to drink out of that after he does. So. <laughs> but water, right? And so as we look at our life, I want to kind of just talk a little bit about that today. Before we get into the plan, you've got a plan around this. Did you know that? When you hike, you know that's the one thing you look at. That's the one thing you map out. You go, where is the water? Because you know what? You can't carry enough water. I mean, the Army can ship it in for their guys. But I got to tell you, if you're out there by yourself, you don't plan where the water is. Water is heavy. Did you know that? And you can't carry enough to drink the whole time you're out. We tried once. It was a nightmare. <laughs> so you learn. you got to go where the water sources are, and you got to have a good filtration system. So, so what does that mean in the Christian life? And, and here's what I want to talk about as a plan. And i got to tell you, we'll unpack in detail how to do some of these things, but, but I want you to take this list because I've been thinking about this. Last two Sundays we've been talking about where we're going, Okay. We've been talking about, you know, forgetting the past, and we've been last Sunday we talked a lot about where it is we want to go. And today we'll talk a little bit about that, but today we want to talk a little bit more of how you get there, okay? So it's very important that you got clear on where God wants you to go, but when he does, here's some things and some prerequisites that you have to have in your life pack, or you're not going to make it, okay? And if this is one that without water, you're not going to make it. So in your Christian life, in your life, if you want it to be successful, if you want to do the things that God wants, if you want to have the right perspective of your life, here's what you got to have. you got to have, number one, you got to have a relationship with God. And I picked this very carefully. Um, that guy with the filter there, uh, we don't have that filter. It's, very, it's kind of expensive, but it is the best filter in the entire world. You can't see it, but it's the lifesaver filter. I think it's the best. Um, it filters out everything. No need to boil water. You, you put stuff in the life filter. You can take sewage water and put it in life filter water and squeeze it out, and it's fresh water. 
It's amazing what this guy's come up with. But you have to have the source, okay? And, and Jesus compares himself all over Scripture. You know what he calls himself? The living water. Because they understood in their time, and we understand in our time, we don't think about it as much because it's so readily available. But I got to tell you, when it, it, the other, only other thing I can think of that's close to it is air. But most of the time, we're not missing that. Most of the time, we're not missing water. But I can tell you, if you're missing water, it's a long journey, isn't it? And people get in trouble really quick without it. Can I tell you, if you're missing your relationship with God, and you try to do all these other things we're going to talk about, you're not going to get very far. So you've got to have a plan for where is the water. When are you spending time with them? prioritize that time. And we'll help you with how to do that as we go. But make sure you consider it. Here's a verse for you of Scripture. And I'll read it off the screen. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. Go read this sometime. He says this, The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Anybody ever felt that way about their life? That you live in fear? That, that life is beating you down and that you feel like a slave to sin? Or you feel like a slave to the system? <laughs> and he's saying, I I'm not giving you that spirit. That's not what the spirit has brought to you. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. Um, now, I agree. We're, we're bond servants of Christ. That's, we're going to talk about James next week. And he talks about being a bond servant of Christ, which is not the same as a slave. I don't know if you knew that. It is a slave, but it is a chosen slave. But Christ said, I didn't come to make you slaves. I came to make you sons. That's a whole different view of God. God's not looking down at us as merely human beings. He's saying, I want you to be like my child. You get it? And by him we cry, Abba, Father. That's one of the most intimate words. It means daddy is what it means. It means like a little child that says daddy to their father. That's how God wants you to see him. And if you don't have that in your life, it's like missing water. Can I tell you that? If you don't plan that in your journey to say, you know what I have to have is this. And as your life gets busier and busier, is your life getting busier? It's going to take effort to make sure you consider this. But when this is missing, you're dry, you're dehydrated. And some of us are dying on the vine. You want to know why? Because we've missed that time. And the busier life gets, the more we need it. Unfortunately, it's the first thing we push out because it's just not as urgent as we think it is. But it becomes very, very important. And it could just be the thing that's missing. So you've got to have the living water of God in your life. Okay, number two, this is more of a principle. And I'm not going to pull that out, but there, there is a map in here. Um, so, so let's pull up the next principle, and the principle is this. That's a map. That's, that's a map. You, you'd appreciate this, French. You can't see it, but that's Mount Katahdin. <laughs> you like that? Yeah, that's the beginning of the Appalachian Trail. And so I did do my homework. And, um, and so this is somebody that has kind of charted out their course, and that's what it's going to take. But there's a principle as we look at charting out the course, and we're going to talk a little bit more about charting out the course. But as you look at charting out your course, it's developed daily, not in a day. So as you think about this, I want you to think about these prerequisites. What about water? What about my relationship with God? What about this principle? As you look at your life, think about this. Your life is developed daily, not in a day. Because, because for some of us big picture people, we're going to want to think way down the road. We're going to be thinking somewhere out there, over the rainbow kind of thinking. And you know what? Rome wasn't built in a day. Can I tell you that? And there's no need to plan for tomorrow if you don't do what you need to do today. Because you're never going to make it to them. You'll never become, here's, here's a great principle for us. You will never, ever become anything tomorrow you're not becoming today. If you're not willing to take the action step today, you will never become that tomorrow. And that's what many of us think. Developed daily, not in a day. Which means you have to have a chart for your daily progress. I could tell you in 12 hours if you're a success or a failure. Because you know what I could see? Your daily agenda. Because your life is made up of your days. Is that right? In fact, let's, let's look at the scripture. Here's what it says. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus taught this. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Man, Jesus, you're not much of a planner, are you? You know what he's saying? If you're so worried about tomorrow, or you're so stuck in the past, what are you doing all over today? You get it? I mean... 
It ain't going to work with one foot in tomorrow and one foot in today, but no foot in today, right? One foot in the future and one foot in the past, and there is no hope for today. And he's going, you're not living in the past. You're not living in the future. You're living today, and what you do today will determine your destiny for tomorrow. But the truth is, you, you have no idea what tomorrow is. You know what he's saying? You have to be focused in the day. You want to be successful? You want to press on? You've got to have a relationship with God. You've got to plan it on your course. Number two, you've got to chart the course daily, not in a day. Okay? It's daily progress. It's small, incremental. And this is where the discipline comes in. Can I tell you why it doesn't work? Because if you go to the gym, and I've done this with my nephew who's a bodybuilder, <laughs> somewhat, <laughs> and I'm not, and you go there and you work out in a day like they work out for, for a year, you'll kill yourself, right? It takes small, incremental, and you get there. You build it daily, not in a day. So keep that principle in mind. That's a prerequisite to where we're going. And then the third one is this. The third one is your inner circle. Your inner circle. We talked about that a little bit last week. Um, I like this picture because that really gives an indication. How many thinks that guy could do it on his own? Hmm? <laughs> now, you're going, hey, man, I'm not climbing mountains like that. But can I tell you, a lot of us are starting to get on mountains like that in life, right? And, and you know what our natural instinct is when we get into a crisis situation? Can't do that right now. I got to back up. I got to have some time to my, you want to say or you want me to? Got to have some time to myself. At the worst possible time, guess what you need? Time to myself. When my back's up against the wall, I don't need anyone else helping me with my decision making. I'm going to make rational decisions when my back's up against the wall. Do I, do I need to tell you what that is? It's called human nature. That's what we all do, Okay. And every man in the room knows it, and a lot of ladies know it, that when I get there and I don't want anybody to know, and I put this bubble around me, and it gets worse and worse, and instead it gets bad. And this is where people die on the trail, okay, because they have no one else. Now, some people you're going to meet that help you on the trail. They call them bubbles. A lot of people start the Appalachian Trail, and they start by themselves. But can I tell you something? The ones that succeed make some friends along the path. Because it's true. I, I agree with this statement, and maybe this will be a message series one day. You hike your own hike. That's true. I got to tell you, you, you're around somebody all day long, they're sick of you. You know what I mean? And you're sick of them. You don't want to hike beside them the entire trail. When you're hiking with somebody, they're way out in front of you, you're way behind. But at night, you meet up. But you know what you got? You got somebody looking for you. Hey, how you doing? Hey, do you know where the water is? Hey, do you know some of these things? Because you can't do it by yourself. And if you try, you will fail. Remember what Jesus said last week when we talked about it? Impossible it is for you not to stumble. Remember when he said that? That you can't get through life without stumbling. If you, did, if you missed that, go back and hear it. That Jesus said, he basically said it like Yoda, right? Impossible it is for you not to stumble. That, 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 if, that if, you, if you think you're going to get through life without stumbling, you're not. It's impossible to get through life without stumbling. And then, and then what, did, what did Solomon say? He said, and pity the man who has no one to help him up. Who do you got around you? What are you building in with that? Because your inner circle will make you or break you. It will bless you or curse you. Proverbs says this. We'll put it up on the screen. He says this, Proverbs 15, 22, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. You got people in your life? You building some people into your life? You got to have a relationship with God. You've got to make sure that you understand the principle that it's developed daily and not just in a day. And the last one is this, or, or that it's going to be somewhere over the rainbow. And the last one is this, is your inner circle. What plan do you have for that? And if you don't have a plan for these things, you cannot execute the next part we're talking about. These three things are essential. They're prerequisites. If they're not in your pack, it's like saying, hey, we're going to go out this time of year and not have a plan for shelter. Hmm? You don't have a tent. Wow. You're going to think about that last night when you walked out. You're on the trail and you're going, yeah, I didn't bring a sleeping bag. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't plan for my socks for 22 degrees. I, I got summer wear. <laughs> I talked to some people on the trail. Can I tell you, they help you. And you know what it helps with? Here, here's, here's why it's so important. When we went on the trail, you know who the most important relationship that I ever found on the trail that helped me more about hiking than anything else, because I'm not necessarily a hiker, but I enjoy it, was somebody that had, was doing the Appalachian Trail. He's a through hiker. He had already been almost 1,000 miles. And he was a young guy. 
And he came up and he, and he said, hey, can I spend a night close to you guys? Because we had a fire and all that. And so he came up. And we learned more from him. Because why? Because he had been hiking for a thousand miles. <laughs> and now he could tell you things that worked and didn't work. Hey, what kind of gear do you use? Hey, what do you do? Because why? Because he's been there. He's done that. And he can tell you things. And there's things we went, oh, man, we never thought of that. Hey, we never thought of that. And that's what can happen in life when you get people around you. So who do you have? Are you intentional about getting some of those people around you? And one of the ways we circle up here is through community groups. So what I'd like to ask you to do today is we talk about this today, and you look at these steps, think about who your circle is. Community group's not the only way to do it, and I get that. But if you don't have a circle and you keep putting it off and going, yeah, I don't really connect well with people. Yeah, I don't do this. You know why you're not? Because you're not getting in circles. And we'll let you in, and we're going to do everything in our power to help connect you and create environments to connect you. But if you don't go and you don't get in there, when you need those relationships, you're going to fall off the mountain. Some of us have, right? And you're welcome to come back. And today I want you to look at the back of that sheet and say, which group could I plug into if I'm not already? Make sure you're creating environments. And if you're in group, then here's what I can tell you. Circle up. Because here's what I know. You can go to meetings. That ain't going to do it. You, you can have all these people with so much wisdom, and if we hadn't talked to that guy, it would have done me no good. Can I tell you that? And people go, I went to a group, it didn't help. Did you get together with people? Are you meeting with coffee for people? Are you building some relationships? Or, oh, I see, you just thought they're just going to happen by osmosis, right? Circle up your inner circle. Not, not, not picking on you, only to say, if you don't think through those things, there's no way you can press on, okay? They're prerequisites. Okay, so now we're going to talk about the plan. Six things, six things to pressing on. Some of these might seem it's very simple, and I don't, I don't think most of these is going to shock you, but I have a feeling some of us haven't incorporated these into our life, and I'm looking at it myself because, because it's, some of these, if they're missing, it's going to be very, very hard to move on. Okay, so the first one is this. The first one is this. Number one. Know where you're going. <laughs> that one seems simple, don't it? That's a picture of Mount Everest. Can I tell you, nobody wanders to the top of Mount Everest. I have not met the person yet that says, you know what? I summited Mount Everest and I had no plan. I was just hiking through the woods and I ended up on the top of Mount Everest. Does that sound silly? Okay. Think about that for a minute. What is your plan? Because without a plan, you will fail, okay? Without knowing where God wants you to go, you will fail. That's no doubt. Because you're not going to wander to the top of the summit that God wants you on. <laughs> Do you know where you're going? You know what Chat Cat says? I love him. <laughs> From Alice in Wonderland. If you don't know where you're going, really don't matter much how you get there, does it? If you don't know where you're going, any road will lead you there. <laughs> That's what he says. Now, how many think that the culture is going to take you where you want to go? How many thinks that your life, you're just going to drift down the river of life and you're going to end up in this great place? It doesn't work that way. And that's why this message is so important because a lot of us are going, it's hard. And the Apostle Paul is saying, oh, I'm sorry, did I not say that? But you've got to start with the destination, and here's why. Because you can't make action steps until you know where you're trying to get. Now, now it's going to be effort to get to the top of Mount Everest, right? But it is possible if you take it and break it down and say, here's where I go. But if you don't know, how on earth do you chart the course when you're going, and I see all kinds of people marching down a path and going, I'm doing this, and I'm being directed here, and you know what we're, we're letting them do? Life is pushing us in a direction, and here's, here's the thing we're seeing. We're letting our feelings direct us. Today I'm climbing Mount Everest. No, oh, no, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to climb Mount Everest. Yeah, I am. No, I'm going to kind of do this. And whatever we feel like, and guess what? You'll never end up at the top because there's no progression. There's no way you can do it on a daily basis. There's no way God could be directing that because he's a God of order. You get it? He has a plan. Didn't he say that? I have a plan to prosper you. Now, the problem is, is we think that the plan is God gives us the whole plan. No, he doesn't. And he doesn't tell you how to get there. He doesn't give you all the supplies. You know, when you start the Appalachian Trail, most people, within the first couple weeks, that's the best time to buy supplies because they're selling off a lot of stuff that they don't need. A lot of them are quitting. But a lot of them have sold off a lot of the supplies that they went, I don't need that. I got the wrong gear. I brought summer gear, and I needed winter gear, and it is freezing on Katahdin. Okay, I mean, <laughs> okay, you get the idea. You got to know where you're going. Here, here's what the Apostle Paul says. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. 
Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my what? Goal. Circle that. My goal. You know what that means? The Apostle Paul knew where he's going. You want to know why he can press towards the mark? You, you can't press towards the mark. You don't know where you're going. If you don't know where you're going, go back and listen to last week's message. That's why I say these are stackable. I can't get into how do you find out. Go back and listen to last week's message because we talked all about how to dream God's dream. Okay? Hey, what kind of things do you need in order to facilitate dreaming God's dream? And I don't care where you're at because here's the thing. The lower down you are, the harder this is going to be for you. And that's when you've got to dig in. But the problem is, if you don't have a destination, there's no way you can aim at it. And, and, and we lose sight of it, but we go, at least I know where I'm going. And the people that can strive, they might not have anything else, but they're going, yeah, but that's where I need to go. You've got to have a picture of where God's leading you. The other verse is this, verse 14. He says it again. He didn't stutter. He actually said this in the, court, in the three verses. Look how many times he said it. I press on. You see it? I press on towards the what? The goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. All those are, that's the future. That's where I'm going. That's my destination. That's what I want to do. I know where I'm going. And until you decide where you're going, no wonder we're all over the place. Because you've got to have a destination. Then you can back up and make the steps. And that's the next part we want to talk about. So number one, you've got to know where you're going. Does that make sense to everybody? That's kind of a duh. Okay. Number two, <laughs> plan. Okay, that it's going to take effort, that it's going to take resources, that if you're going to hike, this is, one of, this is a hiker right here, and I just took it off her website. And here she is planning her trip. It's funny how they did, and they were showing the progression of their trip. And her and her husband are hikers, and, and here they are, and they're sitting out, and they're mapping out, and they're looking at maps, and they're charting out courses, and they're figuring out what to do. Now, now, don't think that I'm saying you have to have everything. Don't think you have to know everything to get started. But like I say, if you don't plan out some of these prerequisites, you're going to be in trouble, right? You don't have good hiking shoes. Hey, you know what? I'm going to go barefooted. Okay, well, you could if you're Aborigine. But... um. Right? I mean, good luck with that. In the freezing cold winter, I don't have, I don't have um, thermals, you know. You know, you got to think through that. What, what are you doing? Where are you going? What does this mean? So once you have the destination, you back it up and you start to say, what resources do I need? Now, now here's the one that is interesting in life. And this is the one that sometimes when it compares to our life, because it's a longer span of time, we don't think about. The resources are limited. Now, God's resources aren't limited. Don't hear what I'm not saying. That's why I say you stop by to pick up water, but you don't carry all the water with you. And that's true of God, too. Don't think you're going to fill up. I filled up with God, and yes, it says that, that he, you know, when he's the living water and you'll never thirst again. So that means I can meet with God one time and I'll never thirst again. You think that's what it means? How many times did Jesus go to the mountain? The most critical things in the world. And, and you go, but I'm facing such hard times. Don't you understand? Yeah. And when Jesus faced the hardest time, you know where he went? Gethsemane. Plan that along. Plan your resources. Plan your stuff. Make sure you take the time to plan. And especially one thing, make sure you have a plan for this one. When we say it's developed daily, not in a day, plan on a daily basis. What is your plan every day? What is your daily plan? Because it will make you or break you. It will tell you... It's, it will tell you whether you'll be a success or not. If you don't have a daily plan, if you don't have a plan for moving yourself forward with what it is, then don't bother because you're never going to make it. This is what it takes to succeed. And the challenge is hard. Your daily plan. Here's, here's what the Bible says. Proverbs chapter 90, verse 2. Teach us to number our days. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Now, you don't know how many days you have, so it's not talking about figuring out when you're going to die. You know what it's talking about? Making sure you have a plan for your day. Making sure that your day doesn't just happen to you, but that you have a plan for it. Making sure that you incorporate God's plan and not just think, I'm just going to, it's just going to happen. You know what the Apostle Paul's saying about that? No, it doesn't. Three times he said, I press, I strain, I press. That's the apostle talking. It isn't mystical. It isn't, well, God's just going to show up in this mighty way while I sit here and do nothing. 
The apostle Paul didn't say that. And he said this more than once. I press, I strain, I press. That sounds like it takes effort. That sounds like it takes planning. It sounds like it's not just some esoteric experience. And a lot of Christians are waiting for that. Oh, somewhere over the rainbow, God's going to bless me and give me this plan and do all this stuff. And he's saying, no, no, no. You take the steps and I'll show up. You take the step and I'll show up. You get it? And if we don't start the discipline factor, and does God show up in mighty ways? Yes. Does he do things we can't do for ourselves? Of course. But I got to tell you something. If we don't press, we'll never have what God is wanting. You'll never get to the goals that God wants for you. You got to have a plan. Chart the course. Make sure you know where you're going. Make sure you know how far you're going to go every day. Chart the course. Include God in that process. Number three, this has to do with, with pressing. Take action. Take action. Okay. <laughs> Take the action step. Um, now, there's two types of people. When I said plan, there's a lot of people that are like, mm, that's where it's at. It's all in the planning. That's not, that's not completely untrue. But there's two things that there's some tension with in life. You want to know what they are? Planning and taking action steps. And there's some people very action-oriented. I'm kind of, I kind of lean towards that sometimes, where it's like, we'll just step out without the plan. And there's some people, and most of us do both, can do both, because I've done some of that too, where some of us bog down in planning. And what that means is, is that, that, that we become think tanks. And churches are very famous for this. But i got to tell you, if you're going to do the trail, you know what it takes? You're never going to complete the trail. You're never going to climb to the Mount Everest if it gets stuck in the planning stage. You're always going to get a better plan. Get it? There's always going to be reasons why I can put this off till tomorrow. But you will never learn more than when you're on the trail. So you've got to have some of the things down. You've got to have a plan. But you make the corrections as you go. And if you don't get this part, you'll never get where God wants. And I've got to tell you, some churches have stalemated and died. And, and their time has passed. Can I tell you why? Because they become a think tank for Jesus Christ. Because they don't want to make a mistake. That's what it is. Right? And we get stuck. Here's where we get stuck in our lives. We are scared to risk. And that fear of risk, that fear of stepping out, that fear of getting out of the boat, if you will, is keeping us from the blessing that God has for us. Because the truth is, we're going to make, can I go ahead and let the air out? Can I go ahead and help us with that? We're going to make mistakes. When you get out on the trail, you're going to look like an idiot because you don't know enough. And can I tell you, no amount of planning, any soldier understands this. You can train, you can do boot camp, you can do all that, but until the shots are fired, you don't know how you're going to respond until you get out there. And you want the battle-hardened soldier next to you so you can know that's how I'll respond in the fight. And how you learn how to fight? You get in a fight. That's probably a horrible analogy for church, right? Don't get in a fight. <laughs> how do you know how to preach? You know what Jim Wall told me? You can study it, you can take courses, you can learn a few things. Yeah, all that's great. You know, you know how you learn how to preach, John? Get out there and preach. It's true. See what happens. You know what? Some of those messages were the most horrible. And it's so funny working with some guys now, and they go, could you help me with a few things? You probably thought that was horrible. I was like, you have no idea how horrible it can be. You get better as you do it. Now, you get better if, if there's some other things you do, but you got to take the action step. Don't bog down. And, and the danger here is for the very mature because here's what I know. The young person's going to want to act out and we're going, we're holding them back, right? All the time. Oh, you need to do more planning. Oh, no, no, you're not ready for that yet. No, no, no. Why? Because we've gotten hurt a few times. And the more hurt you are, you'll start to put a lid on your life that goes, oh, no, that can never be done. That can never be done. Oh, no, that can never be done. They'll never accomplish anything. You get it? And the old will all of a sudden will be superseded by someone that will step out and try it that's not afraid. You want to know why? Because they are afraid. And you got to let God help you take that step, that action step. Do not bog down. And, and understand, some of us know we're not planners and we got to get a plan. I get it. If you don't, you, you know, don't get a plan, you'll plan to fail and all that. But, but you got to take the action step. You, you, if you don't believe that's true, here it is. James chapter 2, verse 17. This is biblical. In the same way, okay, because a lot of people are going to say, no, 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 it's about faith, okay? This sounds so spiritual, but gonna, I want to I help you with something about faith today because this is so clear, and the reason why I'm so passionate about it is, is because I see it holding so many people back. 
And the one I see it hold back the most is myself. Because we will hide behind the word faith as if it's something that takes care of things. Okay, here, here it is. In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is what? Is dead. All right, let me explain that. If you don't take the action step, James isn't just saying, you know what he's saying? He's saying you don't have faith. He's saying if you don't take the action step, if you do all the planning but miss the action step, you don't have faith. (laughs) That's bold, isn't it? So he's saying get on the trail, hike the hike, get on the path that God is saying, press ahead. And if you don't, then you're going to have to go back to the drawing board and say, I don't know if I have it. Get it? So take the action step. What is God calling you to do? Don't, don't stop making excuses. If God is telling you to take the next step, take the next step. You are going to have some supplies with you. You are not packed out right. Can I tell you that? I'm looking around this room. Let me tell you, I can see a lot of people not packed out right for life. <laughs> and you guys are all looking at me. And you know I'm not completely packed out right for life. But as we step and as we share and as we go down the path, you know how you can get advice from hikers? Get on the path. You know where we met the guy, the through hiker? On the path. I would have never met him if you're not on the path. You get it? Doers are on the path. Thinkers are back there planning. Get it? But I got to tell you, battles are won and lost, not in just the think tank. Now, you got to have a plan. You don't have bullets in the fight. You don't, don't organize. That's fine. But can I tell you, every battle we've ever won, the Revolutionary War would have never happened because there was 80% of the people were saying, it's not the right time. You could always make an excuse to put it off one day more. Can I tell you what God, he's saying, if you're going to err, step out in faith, please. When you've got a God that's full of resources, step out in faith. What is he calling you to do? And if he's calling, do you not think he will equip you? I'm afraid. That's okay. I understand you're afraid. You know what Jesus is saying? Why are you afraid? I'm with you, right? God is with you. Yeah, but it's scary out here. Yeah, it is. Do you not think this mountain would be treacherous? That's why I say you got a plan. Prerequisite. You better have this in your pack, right? Relationship with God. Be restored every day with God. You got to make sure you have a plan daily, not in a day, because you will. <laughs> there are days you're going to want to quit, and if you don't have a chart that says I got to go this far today, and I'm not going to quit, there's the guys that make it. I read a book on that, and they said the guys that try to go further, just because they feel like it, fail. And they had they had a great illustration of people that died doing some extraordinary things in the Arctic, and they said the guy that made it, he decided I'm going to go 10 miles a day. Period. Never rain, snow, sleet. I always make my mark, and he lived, and the other guys died. Why? Because he had a plan. Because he had a thing. And he understands. i got to have my resources. i got to have those things. And the last thing is this. You're going to stumble. And you got to have somebody there to help you up. Get in the circle. Okay? Makes sense. Take the action step. All right. So what I've covered so far, I have a feeling most of us kind of get. The last part that I want to cover, though, these last three things, they're not going to take a lot of time. But I have a feeling this is where our lives are won and lost, okay? If there was something in my life that I would say, if I do this well, then I can be successful, it's right here. If I do this poorly, I will fail, and you will learn nothing. Because, you know, you can do a lot of things, and you can do them well, or you can do them poorly, but if you don't do these next three, they'll have no context, and you won't learn anything from it, and neither will anyone else, and you won't be any better off. You'll go from one thing to the next, and you'll go, I learned something here, and then I'm over here, and I'm doing something else, and I'm doing something else, but I haven't taken the time to do these next three, and these are huge, okay? So, okay, so number four, evaluate progress. Evaluate progress. This is the thing I see missing the most, not just in your life, but also in mine. Because it's easy to go from event to event to event, but never take the time to evaluate. Never take the time to debrief. Never take the time for lessons learned. Never taking the time on a daily basis to evaluate. This is so important. And when we don't evaluate, and tell you what Socrates said, the unevaluated wife is not worth living. 
I thought about that. I'm like, Socrates? Who cares? But the more I thought about that, the more profound that statement is. You know? Why? Because if you're not evaluating, you're learning nothing. You're doing stuff, but you have no idea what works and what doesn't because you didn't take the time to evaluate. So how could you possibly know what works in your life and what doesn't? You're just random shots. But when you calibrate it, when you hit something and all of a sudden your aim is there and you're going, oh, I just need to adjust just a little bit. Wasn't a bad idea. Sometimes it's a bad idea. It's like you shoot the gun and the bullet goes, right? And you're like, that was bad. I don't know what I did, but that's way off, right? But it's just the little course corrections that make the biggest difference. Did you know that? The difference between hitting the center and hitting the other number is just about that much. The battle for our lives isn't won and lost by the things that are way far apart. Because we know the things that are like this, okay? The battle for your life, the victory in your life, is made by decisions that are this much difference. Because today it's this much difference. But over time... That can be, think about an airplane. You're off by that much. You can end up in a whole different continent. Did you know that? Yet they're checking in on a regular basis with the tower. Hmm? Why? To make sure they're on course. They're never on course. Did you know that? But they constantly check in with the tower and they, and, and, and they, they get back on course. Hikers do the same thing because you can end up a long ways off and people die without resources or where they're at because they get lost because they haven't been paying attention to where they're at evaluate on a daily basis where you're at. Make sure that your goals and the goals God give you are measurable. Because he says, you know what the apostle Paul had the audacity to say? To win the prize. You know what that means? He had a defined win in his life. You know why some of us aren't winning? Because we don't know what the win is. How do you win? How do you win a game that has no rules? How do you win a game that doesn't tell you how to score? You can't. And you're losing because you have no defined win. You just kind of have this, you know, daily, not in a day. Get it? Well, my goal is to reach the top of Mount Everest. Well, that's great. What's your plan for today? What's your win for today? What is your thing that you have to do today that tells you whether you win or you don't win? And then evaluate at the end of your day. How am I doing? How did I do with that today? Have some people in your life you talk to every day. I'm telling you. You, you want to know how people get over stuff? They get sponsors. They get people. They get people in their lives that call them every day and say, you know what? I'm struggling today. You know what? I feel frustrated today. You know what? I'm still going to do it, though. Because if you're waiting for the feelings to be there, they come later. Evaluate your life. Here, here's what 1 Corinthians says. It says this. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 28. It says, everyone ought to examine themselves. Okay? before they eat the bread and drink the cup. Well, that's talking about communion. Yeah, it is. You know what that means? It means that the Bible has built in a process of evaluation. It's saying, before you sit down and take the Lord's Supper and remember him. Now, we can talk about that corporately, and I believe that. They took it almost every time they were together. Every time you come in this place, is what it's saying, evaluate where you've been. Evaluate, is there anything in my heart that's between me and God? Is there anything that's not going the right way? How did I do? And if there was good things, celebrate them. If there were bad things, correct them. And the smaller you do it, you know, i tell you something. When you correct it in the differences like this, it's a lot easier, isn't it? It's a lot harder to do because it takes more discipline to correct it then than when it comes to crisis. And most of us, you know what we're waiting for? The crisis. You know when they come to see me? Not to say, John, how do I tweak my life this much? I hardly have calls for that. Right? But an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And it's not until you're in crisis that you go, I wish I had done that. But you can today. Today, you can have a plan to press on, but a part of it is everyday journaling. How am I doing? What am I doing? Maybe you're going, I don't know what to do. Great. Let us help you with that. You know what the inner circle is part of? Let us help you. Let us help you get these resources. Let us help you get some good things in your life and, and dream God's dreams. Go back to last week's message. Start dreaming God's dreams so you can go, okay, now I can start to chart that course. But don't just dream God's dreams. He's going, it's going to take effort to get there to make that a reality evaluate every single day. How am I doing? Did I make my mark? If I didn't, I correct. Don't beat yourself up. That's where people get wrong. It's like, oh, I messed up. And the problem is they evaluate. Wait, how many people like it when at work 
they give you an evaluation at the end of the year. And you didn't know anything about that. And you're like, I can't do anything about that now. Thank you. Um, this is very uncomfortable. And they're telling you, and it's a very awkward thing. Can I tell you managers out there, if it's awkward when you're giving them this feedback, you didn't do it right. You know who knows that? Me. Because I've had those conversations. I've had those parting of the ways conversations. And you're going, yeah, it would have been really nice if we had that conversation back here where we could have done something. Now, sometimes you do, right? But now you're going, yeah. But it's not such a shocker when you go, yeah, we're parting ways. Sometimes it is because you're going, you haven't listened. You don't hear anything we're saying. We, we've been talking about this for years. I've, and here's the documentation, right? Evaluate every day. This is where we're going. Give feedback. Give little correction. You want to do that in other people's lives? Give them little correction. Get it? They love that. You know how people love that? Hey, hey, I just wouldn't probably do it like that. That's not so bad other than, hey, come in my office. We got to talk. Oh, boy. Right? I never want to come in your office. But if it's constantly coming in my office, hey, that was awesome. This needs to be worked on. Get it? And, and don't hide it behind different things you do, but make sure you're evaluating. Do that with your life. Hey, how am I doing? Go to somebody and ask them. I don't want to hear this at the end of the conversation. I don't want to hear this at the evaluation at the end. I want to know today, hey, when you see little things, could you speak into my life? You know what that requires, though? If you want people to speak in your life, you got to talk to people. Every day. <laughs> Daily, not in a day. Get it? If you think this is just going to happen, you're going to have this one big event where somebody's going to speak all this wisdom into your life. Who's that? Let me know when you find them. It's not how it works. First off, they're not that smart. Okay? You're going to speak into their life just as much as they do yours. It just depends on the day. That's how hiking works. No gurus on the trail, trust me. Right? Somebody falls down and hurts their leg, we're going to help them. You don't have to be a long time on the trail to do that. Get it? There you go. Evaluate. Evaluate every day. Number five, make mid-course corrections. Make mid-course corrections. That's probably the biggest thing I could ever say of the whole day. A mid-course correction. They're the easiest ones to make. Because you go, we tried something. This makes perfect sense, but no one does it. We, <laughs> you do an action. It doesn't work out well. We don't evaluate, so we don't make the mid-course correction. And we keep doing the same thing and expecting to do that better. But what really helps is if you do something and then you evaluate. Now, it's not fun, it's not sexy, it's none of those things, okay? Because we love big events, that's what we love. But what makes the biggest difference is after an event, evaluate. Hey, how did that go? What did we like? What did we didn't like? What, what, what kind of things could we make better instead of just, hey, that was a great event, hey, that was a horrible event? No, no, what things could we take from it? We never want to do it again, or is there things we could tweak to make that better? You know? What things in your life? What things could I have done today to make this a little better? What, how could I have done that where I don't have to fight with my wife all the time kind of thing? You know what I mean? What is it that I said? What is it that I did? And, and you're evaluating at the end of the day, and then you can make a correction the next day. You, and if you start doing that, whoo, you take a step, evaluate, get it? Make a mid-course correction, and then do what? And this is where we don't always go. Take the next, okay, well, there's a verse here for it. Proverbs 3, 6, this is huge. Proverbs 3, 6, in all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. You submit to him, he'll help you with those mid-course corrections and it will make all the difference in your entire life, believe me. Daily correcting your course. Number six, Take the next right step. Oftentimes, we stop there. We go on to another event. But it's a progression of your steps that gets you there. So you take a step, and you don't stop after that step. You, go, you take a bad step, and then you go, I'm never going to do this again. Well, you're not going to make it because you're not taking the next step. See, the first step's going to be painful because you're not, you don't know what you're doing. Okay? So you step out, and you go, oh, that went poorly. Yeah. So what do we do on the next step? The next right step. The next right step. You get it? Don't quit just because this one was out of sync. Don't get demoralized. Don't get, feel so guilty. Change. Change the course of action. James verse 1 verse 22 says this, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself, but do what it says. Next week we start a series. Just shut up and do it. <laughs> we'll see how it goes <laughs> I don't want to sign up for that one 
but it's huge. And so many things that would help us with that. And James, while it might sound harsh, it's not harsh. It's talking about how do we take these action steps. Take the next right step. If you do these six things, it would be huge in your life. Let's take a look at them just one last time. Make a plan and you will succeed. Make a plan and you'll be able to press on. What do you got to do? Know where you're going. Number two, have a plan to get there. Chart the course. Take action. Take the action step that God is calling you to take. Evaluate your progress. Make mid-course corrections and take the next step. That sounds so simple when we say it that way. But if you practice that, it will change your life. (laughs) You put those things into action and you do those prerequisites we talked about, having God on a regular basis, a relationship with God. You practice on a daily basis, thinking through things daily and not in a day, not worrying about tomorrow, but focusing on today. And you get in an inner circle, so when you stumble, you have someone to help you and you help them. And by the way, the other part of it is, you're not lonely. Can I tell you why you need the other people on the trail too? Because it isn't good to be alone. See, you might have all the right things. You may not stumble, which that's not true, right? Jesus said impossible it is. So if you think you don't stumble, <laughs> you don't think Jesus is right. But if you, could, if you could get through it without even stumbling, what joy would there be to summit without someone else there with you? Get it? When you look over the side of this mountain that God wants for your life, and you look behind you and you go, oh, there's nobody here to share it with. What are you doing? Your inner circle, you will celebrate more. I'll tell you the greatest part about this church is being with the leaders in it for me. Why? Because I never saw that. It's like, hey, you're doing this thing, and you're doing this action, and you're doing this stuff. But the relationship is so huge. Don't miss that part. And that's how you press on. One last thing I want you to see is this. Here's the picture. You standing on the summit. (laughs) What is it for you? What is it that God has called you to do? Hmm? Where is it that God wants you to be standing at the end? Now, with man, it is impossible. (laughs) This is where we're going to separate out from any self-help stuff. With your resources, it is impossible. We just came off of the Christmas season. You know what what the angel said to Mary? With man, it is impossible. (laughs) But with God, all things are possible. You believe that? This could be the best year of your life. Let's stand for prayer. Father, we come before you today, and I know this. Some things I can't even dream because I don't have it in me to dream it. The truth is, a lot of us, Lord, we can't even get through the day, so we talk about these things, and it's just so hard. But I know this, with God, all things are possible. So I pray today, God, as we look at all three of these things, forgetting the past, focusing on the future, and pressing on. We need you in every part of that. (laughs) What we need not to do, Lord, is letting you help us forget the past, and then we determine the future. (laughs) Done that. Let let us give us the dream, God, and then we'll take it from there, because we got the plan. We need you like water, Lord. Help us with that. And then help us to circle up, Lord. Help us to remember that it's not done just in a day. But it's done with the days that you give us. Teach us to number our days, Lord. I pray for the one that goes, well, I don't even have a relationship with God. Let them know that you love them right where they are. But too much to leave them there. That you have a plan for their life. And it starts by acknowledging Jesus as their Savior. They need help with that, God. Let us help them today. As we get started into this new year, with all the negative things that have already happened this year, how do we go about your plan when there's so much fear? We change our focus to you, Lord. And that's what I hope happens all over this place today. And then we take your plan for our life and we start to do it. We start to evaluate, we start to reevaluate, and we do this thing together. Lord, could we be 
that kind of church this year. I believe that 2015 could go down as the greatest year in our lives. I'm believing that. I'm coming to you believing that that's going to be the case. That more is going to happen this year than any time that's ever happened for us. They're going to say, what happened in Windsor in 2015? What happened in Windsor? But it happened, it started today, the journey started today. The journey started when we started focusing on you, when we included you into the process. Help us with that, Lord. Help us with that, Lord. Help us to forget the past, strain towards what is ahead, and press on. God, you receive all the honor and the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.